Max Nation! I'm Unger to the Max, coming at you with another episode of the Sportsroom Talk Show. This time, I'm not in my recording studio. I am here at the All Sports Cleveland Studio at the Ohio Media School. First of all, if you haven't done so already, punch that subscribe button like a UFC fire and punch that like button. We are at 459 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Let's grow that number. I want to get to 500 subscribers before the end of April. Right now, it is Monday, April 4th. So, by April, let let me double check. So, by April 30th, let's get to 500. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your next door neighbors, anybody to come subscribe to Unger to the Max. Let's do this. Anyway, so as you can see, I have a bunch of Cleveland Cavaliers stuff behind me. Well, that's very fitting because today I am bringing you a Cleveland Cavaliers video. Or if you're listening to this on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, this is a Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Actually, strike that, reverse it. Shout out to Willy Wonka. I First, I am actually announcing a brand new series here on the Unger to the Max YouTube channel and for the Unger to the Max podcast, which you can find on Anchor and Spotify by typing in the sports room. Welcome to the Rivalries series. That's right. I'm going to start making videos about rivalries. Sometimes it'll be about specific rivalries. Sometimes it'll just be about my favorite rivalries in specific sports, whether that's college basketball, college football, NHL, UFC, NBA, NFL, MLB. If there's a rivalry that I'm want to talk about, I you will find a video about it. It could be freaking WWE. If I'm really invested in a feud, I will talk about it. If it's AEW and there's a feud I'm really invested in, guess what? I'm going to come on to the Unger to the Max YouTube channel and the Unger to the Max anchor page, and I'm going to talk about it. So get ready. And first... Here's the very first episode. We are talking about Yah. Right here. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Because I think there is a new rivalry developing in the NBA. And it involves your Cleveland Cavaliers. Who's the opponent? It's the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's how their PA announcer sounds. I'm just going to roll with it because that's how I remember the PA announcer sounding when I was in Philadelphia. Um, That's the first time I was able to sit through uh, team introductions with pyrotechnics. But that's a different discussion for a different day. I will post that video in the description um, along with a couple other channel links. Anyway, so... Last night, the Cavaliers played the 76ers. That's where this video is really coming from. And uh, it was very physical. There were 
a lot of interesting calls by the refs and a lot of interesting non-calls. So I'm not directly blaming ref ball for the Cavaliers losing last night, but I'm also not directly blaming ref ball. So interpret that for what you will. But right now, I'm going to use my trusty little handheld computer here. I'm going to go onto the Cavaliers app, okay? And I'm going to read, because we played four games against the 76ers, all right? So the first game we played against Philadelphia was on February 12th at the Wells Fargo Center. It was on the second night of a back-to-back following a 120-113 to win over the Indiana Pacers. So we lost that first game against the 76ers, 103-93. to So 10-point margin. Yeah, there's no moral victories, but losing by 10 against one, presumably one of the top teams in the East, not bad, right? Okay. Fast forward to game number two of the series. On March 4th, we lose to the 76ers in Philadelphia once again, 125 to 119. That's a six-point difference. We move ahead to March 16th. Game three of the season series, first game in Cleveland. And the Philadelphia beats us again, 118 to 114. Are you noticing the pattern yet? And then yesterday was the final game of the season series. Cavaliers were trying to avoid being swept. And unfortunately, they did not avoid the sweep. Philadelphia beat us again, 112 to 108. So, let me go through that again. Game 1, 76ers beat us 103-93. That's a 10-point margin. Game 2, they beat us 125-119. to That's a 6-point margin. Game 3, they beat us 118-114. 4-point difference. Yesterday, 112-108. That's another 4-point difference. Notice the pattern? The scoring, the margins of victory are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And if you watched the game yesterday, you saw that there was a lot of physicality and being in the arena, or I guess field house, because it's now called Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So field house, arena, what the heck is the difference? Who the hell knows? Anyway. Being there, the crowd got really into it as the fourth quarter began. And I actually am surprised at how high scoring the game ended up being. Because at the end of the first quarter for last night's game, it was 23-21. to At the end of the first quarter, the Cavaliers had the lead. And you're telling me the final score ended up being... 112 to 108 after a 23 to 21 first quarter, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have just said, yeah, go off in the corner because you're telling lies. But whatever. Um, Yeah, I kept saying to my cousin Aaron throughout the game, there's no way this game is getting into the hundreds because it just seemed like a defensive battle throughout. And... Neither team could really get anything going offensively. 
And it just felt like it was going to be like a 94-91 type game or a maybe a 92-89 type game. Those are the types of vibes I was getting. But it as the game kept progressing on and on and on, it you could feel the hostility, not just from the crowd, but from the game itself. You could tell that there, there was not this sense of friendly competition. Not that there really is in the NBA, but... Like, for example, when Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, go at it, yeah, they they're they have a friendly rivalry where it's like, I want to do outdo you, but we're still gonna be best friends off the court. Or same thing like when Carmelo Anthony and LeBron go at it. They're best friends, but when they go at it, you know, they wanna outdo the other. Same thing with Dwayne Wade and LeBron. So but I wasn't getting that sense between Philadelphia and Cleveland. There was clearly a disdain for a, for one another. And I think that if we get this playoff series this season, which it's not looking very likely that we will, but if we do, I think the series goes the full seven games. Easily. The full seven. I know Philadelphia has beaten us all four games, but regular season's over here, postseason off the screen. Or if you're listening to, again, if you're listening to this on Anchor, Spotify, first off, thank you for listening, but second off, then the playoffs are off off your headphones or however you're listening. So... Two completely different things. You can't invest any stock in the regular season when it comes to a playoff matchup. Doesn't matter. Because it's almost like the playoffs are their own separate season. So right now, if the playoffs started today, as I take out, use my handy-dandy mobile computer, right now the playoffs matchups would look like this. The number three seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions, would take on the Toronto Raptors. The number four seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, would take on our Central Division rivals, the Chicago Bulls. The number one seed, the Miami Heat, would play the the winner of the play-in tournament. Whoever came out of that game between the loser of the 7-8 matchup against the winner of the 9-10 matchup. While the number two seed, the Boston Celtics, would play the winner of the 7-8 game. Right now, the play-in tournament looks like this. The Cavaliers would play the Hawks in the 7-8 matchup, and the Hornets would host the Brooklyn Nets. That's a pretty good Eastern Conference playoffs. Um... Right now, like I said, the Cavaliers are the seventh seed. If we have had been healthy the whole season, I think we could have been up a little bit higher in the playoffs. When we got to number three in the Eastern Conference, I knew we that wasn't sustainable. I knew that Miami, Boston, Philadelphia were all going to be up there at the end. 
I thought Brooklyn was too, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Um, but still, I thought that the Cavs could stay in that four to six half of the playoff region of the Eastern Conference. And we could possibly get the Cavaliers and the 76ers in the in the first round of the playoffs. Do I think we could have upset Philadelphia? No, not this season. But I will say this. If we had gotten the right matchup in the first round, yeah, I think we could have could pull off the upset. But getting back to the Cavs 76ers game from last night, yeah, Joel Embiid went off for 44 points, but for a lot of the game, we kind of had him bottled up. And he had to work hard to get those 44 points. I bet you that if we had Jared Allen and Evan Mobley for that game last night, we win. Now, we did get a little bit healthier because Rajon Rondo came back for us last night. And that's huge. Because too many times, while we were extremely depleted, um, Darius Garland, who's pretty much been an Iron Man all season long, he would have to expound so much energy trying to bring us back into a game that when it came down to crunch time, when we really needed him, he would be out of gas. Like, when I look at the game against the Chicago Bulls. Um, Let me pull it up for a sec. When I look at the game against the Bulls from March 26th, which I called the biggest home game in the history of the Cleveland Cavaliers post-LeBron James era, and I still stand by that statement, we got down by double digits. Well, Evan Mobley, because this was before he got hurt, and Darius Garland had to expend so much energy bringing us back that when it came down to crunch time, they just didn't have the energy. So we lost in a huge game. Um, Like I said, it was the biggest home game in the history of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the post-LeBron James era. So getting Rondo back is huge. And uh, no disrespect to Moses Brown, but it just hasn't, the offense hasn't quite clicked the same way that when Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are out there. And here's the other problem with having Evan Mobley, specifically Evan Mobley be out. It's forced Lowry marketing to the power forward, which on one hand, I think he that's his natural position But that's not where he's played all season long. He's played at that three position. So he's had to make that adjustment, and that's messed up our rotations because it's brought Karis LeBurn into the starting lineup, which I personally like that. When we made that trade, I would have done that right from the start. Once we made that Karis LeBurn trade, I would have immediately gone Darius Garland at point guard, Isaac Okoro at shooting guard, because I like him defensively, but he needs to develop his game a little bit more. Um, Karis LeBert at small forward, Evan Mobley at the power forward, Jared Allen at center. Simple as that. 
take Lowry Markkinen off the starting lineup, bring him to the bench. Now, I know that teams have had to make adjustments to us doing this three-big-man lineup, but I personally never liked it. I know that Milwaukee was able to make it work for them last season when they did it, but once they made the trade for P.J. Tucker, you didn't really see them use it that much. At least I didn't. But here's the other problem. So, here's the thing. The NBA is going with this whole positionless basketball, small ball. Going with the three big men, yeah, it's something new and different that the rest of the league has to adjust to. I get it. But at the same time, it I just don't think it works. Because what if these teams that are going small ball just start going up and down, up and down the court. Having three big men, even if they're athletic, which Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are, I'm questionable about Lowry marketing, but either way, having three big men can hurt you. But here's the difference with, say, Philadelphia. They have a big man in Joel Embiid, but he can shoot that three-point shot. I wouldn't say, whereas on the other hand, Jared Allen, I wouldn't say he's the old-fashioned type of center of having your back to the basket and posting up and going, I want the ball, I want the ball. But I wouldn't say he's the new version of being a big man, which, again, is stepping out, hitting the mid-range shot, hitting the three-point shot. I would say Jared Allen is somewhere in the middle. Now, again... I want to see the Cavaliers and 76ers in the playoffs. I want to see Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Moses Brown, who I think has done a good job in re- since Jared Allen went out, go against Joel Embiid. Because I think that would be a fantastic matchup. And, oh boy, James Harden. All right, I get it. He went off for a double-double last night, 21-10. and 10. So that's a good game for him. But throughout the game, I couldn't help it. I started chanting, quitter, 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 quitter. You know why? Because he quit on not one, but two teams. Think about it. How did he end up in Brooklyn initially? He quit on the Houston Rockets because he wanted to go to Brooklyn to team up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So there's that. Then we know what happened. We know where he is now. He's in Philadelphia. How did he get to the 76ers? He quit on the Nets. Simple as that. Um and the Cavaliers fan, the Cavs fans at the game last night. They let James Harden hear it. Nobody else was really chanting quitter but me, but that's my own thing. It's fun. Um, But we were booing him and giving him crap anytime we could. Same thing with Joel Embiid. Um, Cleveland and Philadelphia are two of the most passionate sports cities in the country, I would say. Philadelphia, I would say, is top five. Cleveland, I would say, is top ten. Um, 
So, I think there really is a rivalry brewing here. Because, again, you could, like I said earlier in the video and earlier in the podcast, the point margins are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the physicality between the two teams is going up and up and up and up. Um, again, there were a lot of times where I think maybe the physicality of the game caused the refs to not call fouls or to call fouls when there really wasn't one. Um, cause that happened a lot. And it also, it also happened down the stretch where clearly in the closing seconds, when I believe it was a one point game. Darius Garland goes up for a layup. He's clearly fouled by Joel Embiid, without a doubt. Go back and watch the replay. He was fouled. You can't tell me otherwise. You cannot. So, although you're allowed to disagree with me in the comment section, but no. (laughs) No. Anyway. So, yeah. That's the one thing that bothers me. Really is with All-Stars, they get this sort of special treatment. I get it. They're All-Stars. They're MVP candidates. They're um, superstars. But why do they get special treatment versus a young, up-and-coming guy that could become an All-Star, could become a superstar? I don't get it. It, for me, it's total bullshit. I'm sorry, but it is. Like, if Joel Embiid were going up for a free throw, or a layup, excuse me, and he got fouled, they probably would have blown the whistle. Because he's an MVP candidate. But with Darius Garland, nope. According to the NBA, or according to the referees, whatever, he's not at that all-star, superstar level yet. So he doesn't get the benefit of getting fouls called on him. I don't know. Something needs to change, though. But look out for Cavaliers 76ers. I think this is a rivalry that is going to stick around for a while. Because I don't think James Harden is leaving Philadelphia anytime soon. Joel Embiid isn't going anywhere. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a young, up-and-coming team. Um, I would actually, on a quick side note, in a few years, I would love to see the Cavaliers and Grizzlies go at it in the NBA Finals. That would be a fun matchup. Um, imagine if Memphis moved to the Eastern Conference. I've actually heard reports that could happen because there's possible NBA expansion on the horizon as Vegas and Seattle could both be coming in. You know how much I want Seattle. I've expressed that many times on the channel, many times on individual videos. So much so, I have a whole playlist um, called Bring Bring the Sonics Back to Seattle. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Anyway, like I have said multiple times throughout this video, The Cavaliers and 76ers are forming a rivalry. Yes, I know. I'm putting a lot of stock into this season. 
But that's what... I mean... That's what I have to do with this. Because you saw the promise for the Cavaliers at the end of last season. But I don't think anybody, including myself, was expecting this um, from them. Really. Like, I was... I predicted the Cavaliers would win 30 games. But even with that, I didn't think they would get into the playing tournament. Let alone be in the race for the four to six spots in the actual playoffs. But that's exactly where we are. Right now, the Cavaliers are... Let me double check. Uh, the Cavs are... Do, 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 do. Forty-three and thirty-six. Given how our roster is constructed, I don't think anybody would have believed you if you had said the Cavaliers would be forty-three and thirty-six. I'll tell you a big part of the reason why I think we are that this good. I'm sorry it had to come at the expense of an injury because of a torn meniscus, but it's because Colin Sexton is not playing. To connect. Cleveland and Philadelphia again. Like I said, we know James Harden plays for the 76ers. But go back and watch when he played for Houston. A lot of times, it was just James Harden standing there and dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. And the other guys would just stand there and be like, okay, I'm just going to stand here along the three-point line and wait for him to do something. That's how it felt for um, when Colin Sexton had the ball. I didn't see anybody cutting. I didn't see anybody trying to actively call for the ball. I didn't see Jaron Allen, you know, posting up and saying, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. I just didn't see that. Once Sexton went out and Darius Garland became the point guard, that's when you saw it. Um, And I think it's very interesting. That's another way you can connect the Cavaliers and 76ers. Is because, yeah, they the 76ers don't play the same way because they have James Harden and Joel Embiid. I get it. But still, Harden still has that tendency to dribble, dribble, dribble. And you don't... A lot of times when while I was watching the game, I'm like, okay, Harden's just dribbling and I don't see him doing it, doing anything. When I was the basketball specialist at Camp Wise, 13164 Taylor Wells Road, Chardon, Ohio, the home of happiness, shout out. Um, I would tell my campers, like, dribble with a purpose. Don't just dribble to do nothing. I think James Harden needs to learn that. Now, I know I'm never going to actually be able to tell him that because Lord knows there's... It's very unlikely I'll ever meet James Harden. But if I could meet him, I would tell him that. Sorry, but I would. Because too often, I see him just standing there going, dribble, 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 and not doing anything. He's a fantastic passer. He can do great stuff when he actually commits to driving to the rim. He draws fouls all the time. Some of those fouls are illegitimate, but still. And that happened on too many occasions during the game last night. 
Um, he drew fouls that completely were not fouls. But again, that's the superstar treatment. So, yeah. I think give this rivalry a couple of years and you will see the top explode. I really and truly believe that. So that's going to do it for this video and this podcast. If you liked it, punch that subscribe button like a UFC fire. Punch that like button also. Like I said, I want to get to 500 subscribers on this YouTube channel by the end of April. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast from, follow this podcast because I will continue to make content. Until next time, I'm Unger to the Max, signing off with a salute to you.